The New Orleans Saints may not have gotten the big win that many expected, but this is exactly the kind of win they needed to prove they could get. We got all that and a little bit of land yet for you on today's episode of Locked on Saints. You are Locked on Saints, your daily New Orleans Saints podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What is good, Houdat Nation and Houdat family? Welcome into this live postcast episode of Locked on Saints, your daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Saints, part of Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you, as always, for making Locked on Saints your first listen of the day every day. Big shout out to all you everydayers out there. And I thank you very much, as always, for being here with us for our live postgame shows as well. Don't forget, you can always subscribe and follow for free on YouTube or wherever you get your podcast so you never miss the latest episodes. And if you want to keep the conversation going, take part in our exclusive film studies, Q&As, early access, and much more, you can become a Locked on Saints insider today by heading over to joinsubtext.com slash Locked on Saints today to join a community I would love for you to be a part of. As always, I am your host, Ross Jackson, at Ross Jackson Nola, on your favorite social media, your New Orleans Saints expert, credential member of the media, Saints News Network, Tuesdays in the Locked on NFL podcast, and here with you every single Monday through Friday, and then some on Locked on Saints. And today's episode of Locked on Saints is brought to you by our friends at LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster and for free. So head over today to LinkedIn.com slash Locked on NFL to post your job for free. Once again, you can post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash Locked on NFL. On today's episode of Locked on Saints, it is our live postcast. We're going to be taking a look at how the New Orleans Saints now sit alone at the top of the NFC South. Should you be excited? Should you not? We're going to be taking a look at Chris Olave and a little bit of a bounce back for him. Not the bounce back game that I had hoped, but still some good things coming from Chris Olave and some nice things to take away from the offense, although a little bit clunky towards the second half of the game. But I want to lead off with our top story here today, which is first off, Paulson Adebo, right? We're going to take a look at the New Orleans Saints defense. Is this the type of win that the New Orleans Saints wanted to get against a hapless Chicago Bears team? Maybe a little bit, actually, even though the score might not necessarily reflect that. Paulson Adebo, though, uh, two interceptions in this game, forced fumble, seven tackles, recovered the fumble that he forced as well. This was an example of a player taking control of a game in an unlikely from an unlikely position. Oftentimes when we talk about players taking control of a game, we're talking about wide receivers, sometimes running backs, a lot of times quarterbacks. Very rarely, edge rushers, very rarely do we ever really get to look at a game and look at the final score, 24 to 17, which should have been a much larger margin of victory for this New Orleans Saints team. But that doesn't matter. The fact that the Saints got the win that they needed and were able to put it away the way that they put it away tells you something. And Paul Adebo is the beginning of that conversation. Two interceptions, three passes, defense, and then had the fumble where he punched it out, recovered it as well. Paul Adebo played a defensive back's dream of a football game in this one. Because not only did he put up his own individual numbers, Paulson Adebo himself and his performance directly, directly relates to the New Orleans Saints' ability to win this game. Five turtle, total, turtle, five total turnovers uh, forced in this game, zero turnovers over on the offensive side of the football, okay? When you have a five turnover differential game, you should probably be winning that game by more than just seven points. But considering that this New Orleans Saints team surrendered two touchdowns in the Chicago Bears' first two drives and then only a field goal after that, 
And yes, they did a lot of bend, don't break, which can get a little bit tough to watch. Don't get me wrong. But considering that, this New Orleans Saints team did what it needed to do to get its win. And this was the type of win that you needed to see the New Orleans Saints get. So moving on from Paul Sandibos, fantastic game which I cannot stress enough. And we're going to be breaking that down. We're going to be doing that film study over with the Lockdown Saints Insiders on Subtext. We'll be talking about it here on the show, all that. Uh, but when it comes down to this game, should the New Orleans Saints have won by a larger margin of victory? Yeah, sure. Absolutely. When you have a five turnover game, when, you, when your quarterback doesn't get sacked, when you don't turn the ball over, you expect to win a football game by more than seven points. Absolutely no doubt. Did they? No. That's all that matters. The New Orleans Saints didn't win the game the way that they should have, but they might have won the game the way that they needed to. We talked about last week how we felt better about the New Orleans Saints coming out of a, a game in which they gave up over 20 points, give it, what, 27 points to the Indianapolis Colts, another hapless team at the time that the Saints played them. We talked about how much we felt better about this team after that win versus the win that they had against the New England Patriots when they allowed zero points. This is another one here where the Saints lost 17, and I still feel better about this team right now than I felt about them when they had a shutout against the New England Patriots and gave up zero points. The same thing goes here, because this is a team that needed to show that it could continue to manage adversity, produce on the offensive side, score when they got into the red zone, and win games that they should win. And that's what they did. Did they do it pretty? No. Did they do it clean? Absolutely. No turnovers, no sacks, one penalty. One single penalty on this team, a false start penalty uh, down on the in Bears territory. That's what this team did this week. And that's the way that they needed to show that they could win. Because you can have five turnovers. You can have two sacks. You can have a sack fumble. You can have three or four scoring in the red zone. But you know what? You know what you can't do? You can't shoot yourself in the foot. And what we saw today was a New Orleans Saints offense that for the first time, first time this season went out there and showed no signs of shooting itself in the foot aside from randomly deciding to throw a pass down the left sideline or, or down the right sideline, a deep fade route on a third and five early on in the game. And I went, rut row raggy. What are we about to see here? But they curved that. They ended up being able to convert on third downs. They ended up being able to win. You look at the first touchdown that the Saints scored. You want to talk about situational football? Look at the first touchdown that the New Orleans Saints scored. Points off turnovers, right? Got a point off that, got the, the touchdown off that turnover. Paul Sadibo's first interception, the touchdown was in the red zone, and the touchdown was on a third down play in the red zone, okay? This New Orleans Saints team needed to win a game like this, and it's a good thing that they did because they got a tough opponent coming up against the Minnesota Vikings. Minnesota Vikings just went toe-to-toe with the Atlanta Falcons. I know that that's not much. I get that that's not a tall task, but they went toe-to-toe against the Atlanta Falcons with a rookie quarterback that was probably never going to make it in the NFL in the first place in Jaron Hall, and then uh, Joshua Dobbs, who's effectively on his third team, in the past, what, eight months? And Joshua Dobbs goes out there and plays hero football and, and, and pushes the Minnesota Vikings to a win. That's who the New Orleans Saints got to go and take on this coming week. So this confidence builder here, what this does is that it gives you a win. It gives you something to feel good about if you're the team, but then gives you a whole bunch of stuff to work on. Because here's the deal. If you're the New Orleans Saints, the way that you look at this game is that you managed to win this game, even though there is still a lot of things you could have done better, which means you got room to hit the ceiling. So go hit the ceiling. And that's what every player basically talked about after this game. Dennis Allen as well, talking about how, yeah, 
They won the game. They liked the turnovers. Not much more than that. Felt that they needed to be doing more. And now they get to go and make corrections after a win, which is a way better place to be than making corrections after a loss. There's no denying that this New Orleans Saints team should have been better out on the field this weekend. But there's also no denying that this New Orleans Saints team went out there and did exactly what they needed to do to win this particular game. Now they got to go and do it again next week. And they have headroom left to continue to develop, continue to get better, especially over on the defensive side. Middle of the field, wide open, a whole bunch, especially early on in the game. Not able to make tackles in the flats, not able to contain mobile quarterbacks, which when we were complaining about the Saints struggling against mobile quarterbacks three, four, five years ago, we were talking about less than half of the quarterbacks in the NFL. Now we're talking about most of the quarterbacks in the NFL have to get that fixed, have to maintain some structure in that pass rush. So while Paul Sadebo had a fantastic game, while you had five takeaways, while you gave didn't give the ball away at all and you played a clean game over on the offensive side, your offense sputtered towards the second half, your defense sputtered to start the game basically until five minutes left in the third quarter. There's room to get better. And I look forward to seeing this New Orleans Saints team get better if they can, because if they can, this New Orleans Saints team shouldn't have much trouble getting into the playoffs at the end of the season. And that's the goal for this New Orleans Saints team. Anything less than that is nothing more and nothing less than a disappointment. Coming up next, we're going to be taking a look at Chris Olave. Didn't have the bounce back game that I called, but it was a good thing to see him get into the end zone. Not just for Chris Olave, but something happened in this game for the first time in Michael Thomas's entire career that three years ago, four years ago, if it would have happened, would have led this team to losing this game. And today, they did not. I'll tell you what that is, and I'll tell you why they didn't as we continue on with today's episode of Locked on Saints, part of Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode of Locked on Saints is brought to you by our friends at LinkedIn. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster and for free. We've all used LinkedIn to get a job. Did you know that if you've got a small business or if you're hiring for your larger business, you can use LinkedIn to post jobs as well, and you can do it for free. You're going to get access to great tools as well, like screening questions, so you can begin to vet, make sure you're getting folks into the interview room that have the requisite experience and have the sort of culture fit that you're looking for. You can find all of that today over at linkedin.com slash locked on NFL. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to go over to check out LinkedIn because LinkedIn jobs can help you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster and for free. Post your job for free today at linkedin.com slash locked on NFL. That's linkedin.com slash locked on NFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. All right, family, continuing on with today's episode of Locked on Saints. The New Orleans Saints needed a touchdown and a game from Chris Olave and they got it and it couldn't have come at a better time because something happened in this game that has not happened in Michael Thomas's entire career that just a few years ago would have cost them to lose this game. They didn't. Let's break it down. I appreciate all you everydayers out there making Locked on Saints your first listen of the day every day. Thank you very much for being here. It's part of Locked on Podcast Network. All right. So as we look at this game for the New Orleans Saints, Chris Olave had his touchdown. I said he was going to go over the century mark. I said that he was going to uh, score two touchdowns. He didn't. All right. I'll take my lumps for that. That's fine. I'm okay with being wrong on that one. However, when it comes to this game, Chris Olave did get into the end zone. And not only did he get into the end zone, but he led the New Orleans Saints in catches with six, led the team as well in receiving yards with four, uh, with 46. 46, yes. And he caught those six passes on eight targets. So that's much better than the share, or that's a much better reception percentage than we've seen from him over the course of the season. So it did feel like this was a little bit of a momentum builder for Chris Olave. scored the first touchdown in this game. 
Michael Thomas did not record a catch in this game. And as far as I've been able to tell, this is the first time in his entire career in which he has been active in a football game and has not caught a pass. In fact, this is the first time that he's been active in a football game and not caught at least two of them things. Now, imagine me saying that in 2019, 2018, right? When the Saints really just had Michael Thomas. I guess in 2018, you had 10 good, a really good Ted Ginn Jr. too. You had Alvin Kamara. But 2019, it was all Michael Thomas all the time. If he goes into a game and comes out of it with zero recorded catches, the New Orleans Saints very likely lose that game. Today, he went into this game, had zero catches, and the New Orleans Saints won this game. Now, a lot of that had to do with the defense, but the Saints had a good defense in 2019 as well. A lot of that also had to do, though, with Derek Carr and the weapons on that offense. Derek Carr did a great job of moving the ball around, distributing the ball, getting it to several different players from several different positions. We saw the tight ends get a little bit more involved in this one. Derek Carr and Juwan Johnson linking up for a couple of nice catches, including a big-time red zone first down. You saw Taysom Hill on that fantastic play call with uh, Colin Saunders running out into the flats. Yes, that play was designed for Taysom some hill to throw to Colin Saunders. Colin Saunders ended up actually drawing two defenders away from the football. Taysom Hill moves to his next progression. Foster Moreau, that wasn't there, moves to his next progression. Juwan Johnson, wide open in the back of the end zone. If you got two people on the Bears defense covering a defensive tackle, somebody's open somewhere. Ain't no doubt about that. And the New Orleans Saints and Taysom Hill found that. So what I want to highlight here is that even though Michael Thomas did not record a catch in this game, he did draw a holding penalty. So didn't catch, didn't catch a pass, but still got the team a first down when they needed it. Um, had one target on the right sideline on that weird three and out just before the two minute warning, nothing there. Uh, but it didn't stop the New Orleans Saints from being able to find the end zone. Didn't stop the New Orleans Saints from being able to run the time off the clock that they needed to, particularly late in the fourth quarter. Didn't stop the New Orleans Saints from being able to produce as well as they needed to. Not as well as they should have, but as well as they needed to in order to be able to win this game. Michael Thomas catches one or two more slants. Michael Thomas catches a touchdown, whatever. We're talking about a very different game. Cole Komet doesn't make a, you know, doesn't take advantage of a six foot six on five foot nine guy in the in the in the end zone. And then maybe you force a field goal there. We're talking about what, a 13 to 27 game instead, or a 13 to 24 game instead. You're probably feeling a little bit better about it. If the NFL the game of football, all about moments. Michael Thomas unable to come out here and be the recip or, or be the recipient of a moment, but still help to create moments. Michael Thomas ended up drawing double coverage on that same pass to Juwan Johnson that I mentioned that opened them up and allowed them to be able to pick up, I think it was like 12 yards in the red zone, be able to advance, pick up a first down in the red zone, eventually punch that in for a touchdown. On the Chris Olave touchdown, he got the one-on-one -on -one down on the bottom. Why? At the goal line? Because? Michael Thomas drew double coverage over the top. This is the effect, the impact of Michael Thomas. But beyond that, Derek Carr did a fantastic job for, a, I'll say, a third week in a row, a second week in a row in particular. Uh, the offense did a fantastic job, despite the fact that they had, um, you know, no Michael Thomas, you know, no catches for Michael Thomas and all that. This was an offense that showed you that they can end up attacking from several different places. And allow me, please, not to forget the one, the only, Taysom Hill, who threw a touchdown in this game, who caught a touchdown in this game, who also was the team's leading rusher. He was fantastic in this one. And so the Saints didn't have necessarily the output that many people expected. I did not expect the Saints. First of all, I did not expect the Saints to win this game by more than eight points. I also did not expect the Saints to score 30 points in this game. The Saints haven't scored 30 points in back-to-back -back games since Christmas three, four years ago at this point.
the the Alvin Kamara seven touchdown game, six touchdown game, whatever, and then the, where they scored fifty two, and then you had the uh, thirty three point outing against the Carolina Panthers the week after that. So that's okay. When you look at what the Saints needed to do in this game, they needed to play clean, and that's exactly what they did over on the offensive side. A couple other things that aided them: seven of fourteen on third down. Second week in a row, they went for fifty percent on third down, so they stayed on the field. Um, Three of four in the red zone, 75% for the second uh, week in a row in the red zone. A couple of things that I would have liked to have seen differently. I would have liked to have seen Dennis Allen not accept the holding penalty what one, and, and instead force that fourth into. I know that the defense was porous at that point. I know that they were worried about Chicago going out there, being aggressive and trying to go for it on that fourth and two, but you'll take the opportunity to get that stop. And it's easy for me to say that now because I watched it happen and I watched what the result was, which ended up being a second Cole Komet touchdown in the back of the end zone. But I think you give your defense the opportunity to make that stop instead of putting them back into a situation where they have clearly been uncomfortable with more space on the field. Get them with less space on the field so that you can fill a little bit more. Middle of the field was wide open. Flats were wide open. That kind of stuff doesn't happen when you're closer to the end zone. A little bit easier to cover every blade of grass in that case. Give them that opportunity to go out there on fourth and two and be able to make that stop or watch the Chicago Bears instead decide to go for a field goal. You're okay with that. I would take that on 100%. The other thing that I might have done a little bit differently, and I'm a little bit on the fence about this one, so I want to know what you think here. Derek Carr on the QB sneak on fourth and one. The Saints were two of two in uh, in in quarterback sneak situations with Derek Carr going into this game. I don't think it was necessarily a bad call, but just knowing how bad, I mean, how well Taysom Hill was running in this game, knowing that you've got Jamal Williams, all these other pieces, I think it would have been a better call to maybe go with one of them in that fourth and one situation and extend that drive rather than turn the ball over on downs and give the Chicago Bears an opportunity, an offense that has diced you up all game, to go out there and get an opportunity to tie the game. However, Saints defense held up. I tweeted out that this has been an awful performance by the New Orleans Saints defense. I tweeted that with five minutes left in the third quarter and the Saints over and over and over again made me wrong on the defensive side because they just figured it out. And I don't think they figured it out. I think they just started executing the way that they needed to. Dennis Allen asked about halftime adjustments. Dennis Allen told you the thing that I have been telling Locked On Saints every dayers since I started this podcast or since I started to host this podcast in 2018. Halftime adjustments are a myth. They're a myth. There's no such thing. It does not happen. Teams go in, they regroup, and they talk about not adjusting their defense, not adjusting their offense. They talk about where the lack of execution was in the first half and how the execution of the system needs to be better. You don't change anything at halftime. You just tell guys to play better. And that's exactly what happened for the New Orleans Saints. Not necessarily at the beginning of the second half. You know that, but certainly with five minutes left in the third quarter and on. Coming up next, let's take a look at how the New Orleans Saints now sit atop the division. Should you be happy about it? Should you not care about it? I'm going to tell you why. You shouldn't give a root and toot. I'm going to get to that here in just a moment as we continue on and wrap up today's episode of Locked on Saints, part of Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. In today's episode of Locked on Saints, brought to you by our friends at FanDuel. Hope you didn't take the New Orleans Saints minus eight and a half against the Chicago Bears and said they eke out a one-score win of just seven points. Just one point short, shy of what I thought they would do, but certainly a lot more shy or a lot point shy than what a lot of folks expected them to do against the Chicago Bears team that, let's be honest, hasn't been very good. But hey, the New Orleans Saints got the win that they needed, so if you took the money line, you win. And right now... 
that fi- that that money line is the only thing that you need because if you never used FanDuel before, now is absolutely the time to go and do it because right now new customers are going to get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. So if you started this week and you took the New Orleans Saints, you put $5 down on the money line, not only did you win because you got the money line, but you also won because you get an extra $150 in bonus bets. It's $150 in bonus bets when that team wins that you can use on the spread, props, uh, over-unders, whatever it is that you're looking for, they got you covered. So go and check them out today. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on as that NFL season continues to roll along. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. Let's get it. Houdat Nation, wrap it up today's episode of Locked on Saints with a look at the New Orleans Saints sitting at the top of the NFC South. A couple of late close games between the Atlanta Falcons and the Minnesota Vikings, as well as the Houston Texans and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers end up in Atlanta Falcons and Tampa Bay Buccaneers losses. And now the New Orleans Saints at five and four sit alone at the top of the NFC South in what feels like the first time in a long time. Appreciate you being here, making Locked on Saints your first listen of the day every day here on our live postcast. Appreciate everybody that's here live, everybody that's catching the show later. We got 300, 300 up in the chat. I appreciate you very much for being here. Said I'm looking sharp. Fit check. Check out the shoes as well. I don't know if you got those. All right. So when we take a look, I, I literally like just did like a little fairy kick for everybody so you can see those. So look, here's the deal. The New Orleans Saints sit atop the NFC South right now. And honestly, you shouldn't give a root and toot. Shouldn't give a root and toot about it. Um, the reason why is because it's just now I didn't get my foot up. I just saw the replay. I didn't get my foot up enough. I'll, I'll post a picture. Um, but the reason why is because, like, look, this New Orleans Saints team right now has struggled throughout the early portion of the season. This is only the ninth game of the year. They got a tough game in Minneapolis on the road. Now, the team has been better on the road than they've been at home and, and, and you know, for quite some time now. Then they got a bye week, and then they've got all the divisional games towards the end of the season. So it's not going to get easier for them at all moving forward. They got the Detroit Lions on the way, all that. But the reason why I would say you, you should give root and toot is not because you shouldn't care about the New Orleans Saints winning. That's not it. The thing about it is that Winning the division in week nine is not a thing, right? You still have to play the rest of the season. So it's nice. It's good. It's great. It's what you want to see, but it's not the end all be all. And it's not something to like hang a hat on just yet. Let's see if the New Orleans Saints can maintain it. But I will say this. Who that to you, bro? I will say this. What we saw and what we have seen from this team over the course of the past two weeks Managing adversity in the Indianapolis Colts game and then the big output of offense in the Indianapolis Colts game. This game here against the, who did they just play against? The Chicago Bears, sorry, <laughs> lost that one. Against the Chicago Bears, managing adversity. A little bit of an outpouring of offense, did what they needed to do to win it, but a very clean game by the offense, taking the ball away five times against this team as well. That's division winning football. That's playoff football. That's the team that you have to be. It doesn't always look pretty. It's not always smooth. Sometimes it's clunky. My good friend Tony Wiggins, who hosts the Locked On Jaguars podcast, after the Jags won here in New Orleans in what was effectively a sloppy game for Jacksonville as well. They got off to a hot start, and then they started to fall behind, but then they gave up enough ground for the Saints to get a tie, and it had to close the game out. It was clunky. It was gross. It wasn't pretty. But you know what Tony said on his show? A win's a win. And that's exactly what this is for me too. Because not only did the New Orleans Saints get a win, where I could say a win's a win, but the Saints didn't even let them tie it up, didn't let them get to that point, didn't have to go out there and do what they needed to do outside of rushing the ball, keeping the ball on the ground, picking up the first downs, all of that. 
Taysom is the way. I can't agree more. This dude is remarkable. Taysom Hill now. 10, more than 10 receiving touchdowns. He's got like 10 receiving touchdowns, 10 passing touchdowns, and 10 rushing touchdowns. For the first time in the NFL since a long, long time ago. Frank Gifford, who you know as uh, the New York Giants halfback that did a little bit of everything. Thank you, Doug Mouton, for the history lesson there. Uh, Monday Night Football, all that. Taysom Hill, that guy, Taysom Hill, and that guy. They're alone in that. And, and it's just outstanding. Um, I want to mention Dennis Allen praised, along with, uh, along with Derek Carr, they praised Chris Olave. And, and, and one of the things that Derek Carr said was this sentence. The city of New Orleans should be happy that Chris is one of their starting wide receivers. And it went on to talk about how he's the ultimate pro. He's uh, an ultimate, you know, he loves the game of football, all these other things. I hope that for anybody that maybe had some question marks around Chris Olave, that they got a little answered today. Didn't seem like there was any miscommunication. Didn't give up on any routes. Showed a lot of effort. Went out there, made plays, caught the touchdown, all that. Want to see the consistency, of course, and everything. But uh, I really am a fan of the Saints' performance tonight. And I know, I know that there's a lot of people who are saying, well, you got five turnovers, so you have to win by more than seven points. Says who? Says who? Since when? You got five turnovers, so you know what you need to do? You need to win the dang game. And you know what the New Orleans Saints did? They won the dang game. And that's what they needed to do. Forget all of this hedging. Forget all of this like, oh, I'm going to cut them off at the knees wherever I get the chance. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. You want the New Orleans Saints to go out there and win? You know what they did here today? They won. Now they got to go and do it again. And again, they needed this win here against the Chicago Bears. And they need the win next week against the, mini, uh, against the Minnesota Vikings. And if they can't get the win against the Minnesota Vikings, who might be starting Jaron Hall, who might be starting Joshua Dobbs, whatever, there's a lot of reason to be concerned about this New Orleans Saints team. You still want them to put it together, right? Three-game win streak at the end of last season. No, no, bump that. You want a three-game week, three-game three game win streak now. Go and get it. That's what's up next for the New Orleans Saints. All right, coming up in tomorrow's episode, I'm going to give you the biggest story from what we get from Dennis Allen, all these folks when we go and do like post-game media stuff or, or day after uh, media stuff. And I'm going to tell you what we liked about the win and what we didn't like about the win. Okay. That's what we did last week. People loved it from Monday. Let's do it again. So we got that coming up for you tomorrow. Uh, we're going to talk about the Saints kicking. We're going to talk about... Um, a little bit more of the Saints defensive line, lack of pressure. Ready to be taking a look at the linebacker play in this game, which was lacking for the majority of the game. We got a lot of stuff to look at that needs to get better. But for today, enjoy your win, New Orleans. I appreciate you very much as always. Making Locked on Saints your first listen of the day every day. Thank you very much as always for making us a part of your day, a part of your routine, for saying yes to me and the show. As always, if you see me, please say hi. And if you need anything else around your New Orleans Saints in between these episodes, make sure you follow me on your favorite social media at Ross Jackson, N-O-L-A. Hit me up. Let me know the families. Let me know how you're living. Let me know how you're mom and them. And trust you that nation. I'll holla at you.